0: And welcome to the season four premiere of Plotting Through the Presidents.
1: Season
0: four. Yes.
1: I cannot believe we're here. We took such a long break as usual. I'm feeling rusty. I'm feeling awkward. I. You better bring it.
0: You know what? Motion is lotion. So we just get into it and, and we Says get.
1: our friend Grace, who's a physical therapist.
0: Yeah. And now says I. <laughs> uh, welcome to season four. We've got a big season planned. Our biggest yet, I think. And we're so excited to be back.
1: Our biggest yet. Oh yeah! You're sounding a lot like
0: Bachelor in Paradise when
1: they come back. <laughs> just wait. Just wait. It's the most shocking season yet.
0: Bachelors are gonna die,
1: <laughs> and so are bachelorettes.
0: And Claire's back again.
1: And they drowned all of them. <laughs>
0: Speaking of drowning, jeez. Um, way
1: to bring it dark.
0: No, sorry, it's sorry. Just, it was funny, and now it's dark. That's who we are. We're dark. And funny. I mean,
1: speak for yourself.
0: <laughs> well, I
1: have no morbidity whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking I about. I
0: have comorbidities. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween is just around the corner. And this story is perfect for the season.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Part murder mystery, part true crime courtroom drama, oh. with a dash of political intrigue. This one is a ride.
1: You are speaking my
0: language. There you go. And listener (laughs) discretion is definitely advised. Uh, This episode has adult content and does contain some descriptions of sexual violence.
1: Okay. I'm prepped and ready.
0: All right. This is the story of a murder of a young woman that happened in 1799. And we're talking about it here because Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr both play a role really yes not as the killer or the victim that comes later spoiler alert but in this murder trial burr and hamilton are both lawyers for the accused killer oh yes
1: for the accused killer yes hamilton and burr yeah working on the same working together
0: side by side
1: to to defend a killer
0: an accused killer
1: an accused an alleged killer yes
0: uh this case is briefly mentioned in hamilton he calls it the first murder trial in our brand new nation. It was not the first murder trial in the United States, but it was the first murder trial that was transcribed. So we basically have a script of what was said, which is primary source heaven.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know that must have been really, really exciting for you.
0: It was very exciting for me, yes. <laughs> um, I dug into multiple transcripts and newspapers, and I have to say the greatest source and the greatest book on this topic is a book called Duel with the Devil, the true story of how Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr teamed up to take on America's first sensational murder mystery by Paul Collins.
1: Wow. See, that's what you got to do. You got to pick something really specific and then go to town on it.
0: That's what this guy did. It's yeah. detailed. It's engaging. And if you want to dig into this topic further, that's where I would point you. Are you ready? Bring it on. This is a story in three acts.
1: Oh, I love the acts.
0: Act one is the disappearance of Elma Sands. Oh, Alma. December 1799. So this story, the timeline actually picks up just after our last episode.
1: What was our last episode?
0: It was uh, Benjamin Rush and his oh, trial. Oh, that was the best. Yeah, so George Washington had just died, partially because of the bleeding his doctor subjected him to. Mm. The nation was in mourning. John Adams is the president. Uh, he's a little grumpy that Washington is getting so much attention from dying. <laughs> and in the run-up to the election of 1800... Everything is political. Mm-hmm. And nowhere is that more true than in New York, the crucial swing state that could decide the election. Oh, mm, boy. But far from the world of politics, in a little boarding house in lower Manhattan was a young woman named Elma Sands. How old was she? 22 years old.
1: Oh, I'm really young.
0: And on a cold winter night, December 22nd, 1799, Elma left her boarding house around 8 p.m. and she never came back. Mm. Well, she never came back alive. Goodness. So let's talk about Elma. Her full first name was Gielma, um, but she was called Elma for short. Okay. She was 22, like I said, single, and she was living in a boarding house owned by her cousin Catherine and Catherine's husband, Elias Ring. There were at least 11 people living there at the time in this four-story boarding house. Elma's family were Quakers. Elma wasn't so much into the, the religious part of that, but her family was. She was in that tricky, not yet married stage where she had to walk that line between fulfilling her societal duty of going out and finding a husband, um, but not being too scandalous because that could run her reputation.
1: So show a little boob, but not too much. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> um,
0: the late 18th century equivalent of that. Yeah. Like she had to be social. She had to try to meet someone. She's but, trying to date. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was a tough position to be in because she liked to speak her mind. She liked to go out and have fun maybe a little bit more than some girls.
1: Mm.
0: She also seemed prone to depression and other illnesses. Mm. She once joked about drinking a whole bottle of laudanum if she had it.
1: Wow. So, I mean, no one really jokes about that.
0: Well, I mean, it depends. Some people said she was serious and some said that it was just like, who hasn't said like, oh, kill me now. That kind of thing.
1: Well, I mean, I might say that if I lived then.
0: (laughs) Right. Her cousin Catherine said that on the day Elma disappeared, she'd shared a big secret. Elma confided to her cousins Hope and Catherine that she was engaged to be married that night to one of the other boarders.
1: Oh, no, he killed her.
0: A man named Levi Weeks.
1: He killed her.
0: You know, hey. He's the one. We need to keep an open mind (laughs) here. Okay. You know?
1: I'm trying, but, you know, that doesn't sound good. I mean, that's the last thing she did was marry that guy and then wound up dead. I mean...
0: I guess we can wrap up right now. I
1: guess we can stop. Thanks for listening. (laughs) I'll see you next week.
0: I mean that's that's a (laughs)
1: that's
0: a convenient way to find a fiance back then though. Like somebody marrying them late at night. (laughs) No, no, somebody who's in your same boarding house, like marrying a roommate.
1: Okay. That's not the problem.
0: No, I'm just saying like, it. I just, yeah, this sure. comes up where all the time. Yeah, sure, where are your roommate?
1: But it's the, I'm gonna go get married late at night. Oops, I'm dead. I mean, that's usually
0: <laughs> right. the last
1: thing you do is get killed by your fiance is what it sounds
0: like. Getting killed is often the last thing some people do.
1: <laughs> okay. I guess you continue. And let me guess, Hamilton, Emperor, Defend, Thomas Weeks. What's his name? Levi Weeks. <laughs> Levi Weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah you, you want to do this one you can tell me I can, yeah gonna... hand
1: over your laptop all right here you go
0: you got that would this. be a really fun episode it would be if you, at that point <laughs> if it's... i could just
1: read it and t- try to tell a story i don't know i mean yes or just make it up okay send us a message if that's what you
0: want <laughs> yes yes
1: Okay, it's like chirp chirp, chirp, <laughs> chirp
0: um i don't know how weddings generally work back then but you bring up a good point. I don't know. Apparently if, they end in death. Was it is it normal to go out at night and get married in the middle of winter? I'm going to say no. Okay. But you don't you weren't there, were you?
1: No, of course not.
0: <laughs>
1: of course not. You weren't there. I don't go to midnight weddings in <laughs> the freezing cold.
0: That's why I'm always so lonely when I go to them without you.
1: <laughs> that's where you go. Yes.
0: Yes, that's it. Um <laughs> Elma's alleged fiancé, Levi Weeks, was a skilled tradesman, a carpenter, mechanic, architect, and he worked for his brother, Ezra Weeks. And Ezra was a pretty big deal.
1: I mean, Ezra sounds like a big deal. He
0: was. Yeah. It doesn't get better than Ezra. Yeah. Um, He was really well-connected, a contractor. He had contracts to build some of the biggest properties in the city, including a house that Hamilton was having built. And... A pipe project for the Manhattan Company, which was an interesting business founded by Aaron Burr.
1: It's all connected.
0: It is all connected and it goes all the way to the top. <laughs> Alma wanted to look fancy, so she borrowed a nice muff from her neighbor.
1: What the hell is a muff?
0: A muff? I'm glad you asked. It, <laughs> is it it's a hat? No, not a hat. A
1: shoulder fur?
0: Not a shoulder fur, but you got the fur part right.
1: Is it an ankle anklet? An nope. fur on not, the boots?
0: not for your ankles, not for your boots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> your hands? Yes. Like a glove? Yes. It's like a fashionable hand warmer. It's like oh. a, a fabric oh. cylinder with fur on the inside and the outside so you can put your hands in it to keep warm.
1: I remember that from, you know, little women. From, <laughs> from your
0: finishing school days? Yeah,
1: from my finishing school days in the 1800s. What did they do with those when they had to use their hands, though? It seems v- oh, wildly oh, inconvenient. Oh,
0: would never have to use her hands. <laughs> okay. She's not opening doors. She's not. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, she gets home. Somebody props her up, sits her down on the couch, and then she just leans to the side and sleeps. Yeah. According to Catherine, Alma borrowed the muff, came back to the boarding house to get ready, and she left around 8 p.m. And Catherine is pretty sure that Alma left with Levi Weeks
1: pretty sure you either see it or you don't did she didn't
0: leave? but she thought she heard it
1: oh that's strange
0: yeah there's lots of testimony that's like what did she hear i heard sounds on the stairs
1: hi it's levi come on down bring your muffles
0: well she heard elma come home she heard levi come home she heard levi leaving and she heard uh, soft footsteps on the stairs going down
1: must have been her boot muffs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah.
0: She, uh, every extremity was covered in muffs.
1: <laughs> That's the life.
0: It really is. Later that night, around 10 p.m., Levi returned without Elma. Levi asked about Elma. He seemed concerned that she wasn't home. He said they had not left together, and he didn't know where she was. <sighs>
1: that does not sound good.
0: Catherine thought Elma might come back the next day. I guess it wasn't unheard of for her to stay out all night. Huh. Yeah. But she didn't come back. Days went by and the Ring family grew more concerned. The story of this missing woman was printed in the newspapers and rumors started to circulate. Handbills were printed anonymously that said Elma was dead and the Ring boarding house was being haunted by her ghost. Hmm. And the ghost was specifically haunting her killer, Levi Weeks.
1: Oh, fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then on Christmas Eve, some boys were playing in this big, open, woodsy, swampy area called Lispinard's Meadow. It doesn't exist anymore. It's like part of uh, Soho in New York. One of the boys found a muff right next to a well.
1: Oh, he wouldn't have left the muff there. He wouldn't like if someone pushed her in the well. I don't think they would have left the muff. That's my one gut feeling about that. Maybe yeah. he didn't push her. No. Because the muff is left there.
0: The muff is enough.
1: <laughs> Unless he wanted to trick people. He pushed her and said, I'm going to leave this muff here so people think she fell in.
0: Interesting. So we Interesting. do There's a lot um, of ways that could go. It was apparently a boarded up well. Belonging to... <laughs> was that change things?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you let me go on quite a while. <laughs> you know. There with those theories. Um the well was boarded up okay well <laughs> well you know well what can i say
0: the well belonged to the manhattan company burr's manhattan company so the history behind the manhattan company and the role that burr and hamilton played in its creation is a wild story that we don't have time to do justice to today
1: okay but will well, we one day
0: we will one day fun times when the story of the muff got out some guys went to the well They took the cover off. They lowered a pole to see if they could feel anything.
1: So the cover comes
0: off. The cover comes off.
1: So maybe she fell in and Levi was just like slowly put the cover back on. You know, she pushed it off. She fell in. Levi slowly put it over. Like, this is going to look bad for me.
0: Um, That seems to be the simplest explanation, huh? Yes. Um, So they felt around down there. Thought they felt a body. They put some nails in the end of the pole, and they they lowered it back in, and they hooked what they felt. Ew,
1: that's disgusting.
0: They pulled up the lifeless body of Elma Sands.
1: Oh, so she was in there.
0: Yes. Her hair was a mess with a white ribbon still tied in it. Her gown was torn open above the waist, and her shoes and belt were missing. Oh. One of the men said that her arms and her legs were stiff, but her neck was remarkably limber, as though it had been broken.
1: Oh. Blech. So it's so gross and sad.
0: Yes. So after finding her body, a crowd immediately went to find Levi Weeks. According to one of the men who recovered her body, when they confronted Levi and said they'd found Elma's body, he said, "Ah, in the Manhattan Well." What? Dun dun.
1: Levi knew. So he's But did he say it that nonchalantly?
0: I don't know. But apparently, I mean, you
1: kind of are like, "Oh, in the Manhattan Well." Dun dun.
0: End of story. Executive producer Dick Wolf. That's all she wrote. (laughs) I'm Annie from Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm Johanna from Vienna, Austria. We're the hosts of Fresh Hell, your international podcast that covers murder, mystery and the macabre throughout history. Are you interested in the 3,569 ways your household could have killed you in the Victorian era? Do you know how malaria
1: and syphilis played a role in the John List family murders?
0: And have you ever wondered what Prince Albert's sex chair had to do with the murder of Stanford White? Okay, nothing. It had nothing to do
1: with it. We're still telling you about it, though. It's a pretty great sex chair. If you're looking for another show that talks about Ted Bundy, this is probably not the podcast for you. But if you're looking for two women that cover lesser-known cases from all over the world with a lot of background information.
0: So much background information that you will rock your local pub quiz from now on. Then
1: find Fresh Hell Podcast on your favorite podcast app.
0: We also have German cannibals.
1: See you soon. Tschüss.
0: That brings us to Act 2, the trial.
1: That's all we know about our death.
0: We're going to talk more. Oh, okay. It's all... Wait,
1: this is not over? The right.
0: acts are slightly arbitrary. So the legal system was really different back then. So you and I, we are sort of experts on New York law.
1: I'm not an expert on New York law.
0: Based on watching Law & Order SVU.
1: Well, we have seen all the episodes. I think so. So at this point, we might know more than the layman.
0: <laughs> but this was before there was a special victims unit or any kind of victims unit or even detectives.
1: What do they do all day?
0: They would go and arrest people. They'd but...
1: like stamp papers with their sealing wax.
0: <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if the police did that. They didn't investigate crimes back then. So they might go arrest somebody and fetch them and bring them to jail. But it was up to the district attorney to do all the investigating if they were going to prosecute. Okay. So the district attorney in New York City was named Cadwallader Calden.
1: What a name.
0: Yeah. It was completely up to him to put together a convincing story using only circumstantial evidence.
1: I could put together a convincing story one way or another.
0: You know what? He could have used your help because (laughs) he was doing this all by himself. Was struggling? Probably. He was all by himself putting together this case, and he was only 31 years old. Mm. Yeah. Cadwallader did not have age or experience on his side, but he had something even better on his side. The public.
1: Oh, that's, that is nice.
0: Yeah. The rumors about Levi Weeks and the discovery of the body, they had whipped the masses into a frenzy. They wanted his blood. The day of the trial, the crowd outside the courthouse was shouting, "Crucify him! Crucify him!" Wow. Yeah, but Cadwallader was facing the biggest rock star attorneys in New York City: Hamilton, mm-hmm. and Burr, sir. and yes, and a man named uh, Brockholst Livingston, who would go on to be a Supreme Court justice. Mm. These bigwig Revolutionary War veteran, high-profile lawyers; these were the best of the best.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. Why would Hamilton and Burr decide to work together to defend this accused murderer? Why? Well, it wasn't for the money.
1: For the reputation?
0: For the fame and the power.
1: They wanted fame and power? Didn't they have that already?
0: Well, they wanted political power. And this was late 1799, early 1800. The election of 1800 was coming up. Okay. And they were part of opposing parties. They were kind of the leaders of their parties um burr for the democratic republicans the party of jefferson and hamilton for the federalists which was the party of hamilton they knew that this case was going to be big news and it didn't hurt to get their names out there as much as possible
1: even as a team
0: yeah and they may not have even been paid for this because there's no record of them getting money but they both had ties to ezra weeks and and who knows everything like is so related a couple of the jurors were cousins some of them worked together (laughs) yeah Burr, Hamilton, Livingston, and Levi Weeks's brother, they were all involved in the Manhattan Company where the body was found. Oh. Um, They all had political ties with each other and the judge.
1: Maybe one of them did it. Who (laughs)
0: knows? Yeah, that would be something. (laughs) Um, But there were conflicts of interest galore, but, you know, nothing you could do about it. So the trial starts out with the reading of the indictment, Mm -hmm. and it does not set the most equal justice for all tone. Mm. It says that Levi Weeks, not having the fear of God before his eyes, but being moved and seduced by the instigation of the devil <laughs> did make an assault, did take the said guilma of Sands into the hands of him and did cast, throw, and push her into a certain well, where the indictment said she was choked, suffocated, and drowned. And that's the How Are you
1: choked and suffocated in the well?
0: That, those are just three of the verbs okay. that were part of this indictment weren't in
1: like any particular order.
0: It went on and on with lots of the aforesaid. Well, the aforesaid choking mm-hmm. and striking and beating and every possible verb that he could have done to her mm-hmm. is mentioned in this indictment.
1: Oh, so they really think he's guilty.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> that's why they indicted him. Uh-huh. The indictment's not going to be like,
1: you know, we think maybe. So this isn't shocking at all.
0: No, but it's <laughs> saying he was instigated by the devil. Oh, that's yeah. a hell of a way to start.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like everyone had the devil or God behind them back then.
0: You know, Cadwallader starts out by setting expectations.
1: Can we call him something else? Caddy?
0: Caddy? Wall? Can we just Latter? call him Wally? Wally? Cadwally?
1: Okay. I just, every time you say Cadwallader, I want to like. I want to like stop and try to figure out how to say it, and then I'm not listening to the next sentence. So okay. I think it's best to call him Caddy or Wally. Caddy. Caddy. Okay. I mean, I think of golf, but that's fine.
0: Sure, you can that's, think of e- golf.
1: That's a quicker thought than than trying to say. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I think that'll be more functional. It for might our be purposes. a quicker game than <laughs> trying to
0: say <save> caddie <laughs> exactly. all eighteen holes. Exactly. Um. So caddy starts out as defense. He acknowledges who he's up against. And he says, the defendant has to employ so many advocates distinguished for their eloquence and abilities, so vastly my superiors in learning, experience, and professional rank. So he acknowledges what he's up against. And he acknowledges that, hey, the evidence here is only circumstantial. This is what we got. But he says that that should be enough. Mm. And then with a series of witnesses, Caddy lays out the prosecution's story. So their story is that Levi Weeks is a cold-blooded killer, and he was seen... Days before the murder, measuring the depth of the well. (laughs) Then a couple of days later, he and Elma Sands left their boarding house together where she thought they were going to get married. And somewhere at some point, Levi killed Elma and he took his brother's sleigh in stealth mode without bells at night (laughs) out to the well and back. And that's where he dumped the body.
1: What's his purpose for killing her?
0: That's a great question.
1: Like, why? Why? What's the motive?
0: Fantastic question. Um, some people theorized that she was pregnant and maybe that was scandalous and he wanted to get rid of her because of that.
1: But they were about to be married, so no one would have really known.
0: Maybe not. And also uh, the autopsy showed that she was not pregnant. Huh. okay. Yeah. That's about the extent of forensic science back then, though. Okay. They could say she wasn't pregnant, but they couldn't say a whole lot else for sure. So there were doctors, or at least dentists, who testified that they examined her body but they disagreed with each other about the nature of her injuries whether they could have been caused by drowning or whether her neck was broken
1: they couldn't tell if her neck was broken no that's odd you'd think even back then they could look at the bones and if they were broken
0: you would think yeah um, one doctor who testified about her injuries. I don't
1: trust these doctors. I just want to throw that out there.
0: I don't trust anybody in this story. <laughs> not a single damn one. Really? We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> one doctor who testified about her injuries, he viewed her days after she was discovered, but not in a morgue or any controlled environment, but on, he viewed her on the street where her body was displayed. So they brought her
1: her body was displayed on the street after death.
0: Yeah, they brought her back to the rings boarding house. How morbid,
1: America is this?
0: Well, they brought her back to the boarding house where she lived, and there were so many people coming to view the body that they had to bring it outside. Thousands of people stopped by to get a look. This was a huge story. I'm
1: just grimacing. I have no words.
0: Yeah, I agree with your grimace.
1: Like that's that's a strange way.
0: Yeah, and one doctor who was just basically a passerby looking at the scarring or bruising on her body days later um weeks after she probably died
1: they just parade this body out in public
0: well the body was just standing still i think and the people paraded around it
1: that's so bizarre
0: yeah yeah but this this doctor who said oh i'm sure that um she was choked um looks like levi must have choked her barely got a look at her and it was among a crowd where he didn't even really get to examine her that was the state of forensic science at the time.
1: Wow. Can you please remind everybody that after I die, I do not want to be put in the street to be gawked at?
0: Hold on let me. I'm just writing this down.
1: Yeah, please. Make a note.
0: Gawked with a W. Gawked at. Okay.
1: Underlined. No under- gawking. No gawking at okay. Jess's body. All right. It shall be a private matter.
0: Private gawking only. <laughs>
1: No one gets to gawk. No gawkers. I don't want anyone to see me like that.
0: Okay, um, that is morbid.
1: <laughs> Sorry, you just got sad.
0: A little bit, yeah.
1: I just don't want to be. Well, I'm sad about the no gawking. <laughs> I don't want to be. I just can't believe they thought that was okay. It's someone's body. I know it's, it's someone. It's
0: absurd, but everybody vessel. was um, captivated by the story, and that's how they drummed up. She became up the this commodity. Crucify him! Cries. Yeah. She
1: became this commodity. Her body just... Pretty, she it was her the girl in like, the well. The well girl. Yeah. Do you think the ring is based off of this? No. Do you think behind her eyes the show is based off of this? No. Those are the only two well stories I know. Okay. All right.
0: Um, so without science and evidence, the prosecution had to at least establish a connection between Levi and Alma that put them together.
1: You mean that night?
0: Well, or just in general. in general, well, people in general. saw
1: them together. Mm, did they? I mean, there were footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> Foot,
0: whose footsteps? Yeah,
1: they were light, muffle
0: footsteps. Yeah, yes. So they called different witnesses who testified that they had seen Levi and Alma being intimate with each other.
1: Wow, seen them be intimate. Mm-hmm.
0: That so they like saw kissing. <laughs> oh, if only <laughs> what? that they saw Levi and Alma go out together that night. So Levi's alibi was that he was at his brother Ezra's house. And Ezra's wife was there too. They all vouched for him. But Caddy had one witness. An old neighbor of Ezra's. Not like a former neighbor, but like an, a neighbor who was old. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that she saw Ezra Weeks's horse and sleigh leave around the time of the murder with no bells on. Late at night, no bells. Stealth mode.
1: So... Do you usually have bells on a sleigh? That's not just a song.
0: It's it's a thing, especially at night.
1: So people can hear you coming on your sleigh.
0: Apparently. There were also some witnesses who placed that same sleigh on a path to the well. And on top of that, witnesses who lived near the well said they heard a woman screaming, help, I'm being murdered. What? I might be paraphrasing a little bit, but it was basically help, I'm being murdered. They heard that? They didn't do anything about it, but they heard it. <laughs> And then there was also um, Levi saying, oh, in the well, which the prosecution said he could have had no way of knowing where her body was. So Caddy worked his ass off during this trial. He was basically working alone to round up all these witnesses. He even had a big map of the crime scene and where Ezra Weeks lived, and he timed how long it took to get from one place to another to show that in the brief time that Levi Weeks's time was unaccounted for, he could have committed this murder.
1: mm They timed it with bells and without bells.
0: I don't know if the bells would have slowed them down. But I know that. They're
1: extra, you know, they're extra matter in the wind. Like swimmers, they don't wear bells.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if you tested it without bells. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's a good question, though. Yeah. If you were on the jury, (laughs) you could bring that up.
1: I would bring that. That would be my question. That (laughs) That would be my one and only question. Yeah.
0: I feel like somebody in the crowd would just yell Burn the witch!
1: I would have never survived back then. Well,
0: you, as a woman, you wouldn't have been on the jury.
1: And as a woman, I wouldn't have survived the witch trials.
0: <laughs> oh, the witch trials. No, No, there's, not.
1: there's no way I would have survived Mm-mm. that.
0: No, I'm sorry. At this point, it's 1.30 in the morning.
1: During the trial? Yes. Can't they just take a break well, and just do it the next day?
0: The defense hadn't even started their case yet.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: So the judge ordered the trial to adjourn for the day, which was almost unheard of. Everyone could go home. Again, with
1: only circumstantial evidence. It's not like there was a lot to get through.
0: (laughs) There were 75 witnesses that first day, I think. Or maybe 75 total.
1: No one even saw that. Lots of
0: guys just came up and said, oh, yeah, Levi. (laughs) And then they sat back down or whatever. I see. There were lots of witnesses in and out. Character witnesses. Some character witnesses, some witnesses who were characters. (laughs) It was a lot going on. Got it. So everybody could go home and get a little bit of sleep, except the jury
1: and Ezra and Caddy.
0: Well, Ezra could go home. Levi, and Levi, could not, not Levi, no, could not
1: get rest.
0: Caddy could go home and get rest.
1: And Alma is forever at rest. Wow, this is so sad.
0: So the jury were like prisoners; they weren't allowed to leave the building. And because most trials never went for more than a day, there wasn't a place for them to stay. So they got to camp out? They had to spend the night uh, like upstairs in some portrait room.
1: That's creepy. Yeah.
0: So the next day, no one's gotten much sleep. The jury's probably sore and cranky from like sleeping in a museum. And <laughs> it, it's up to Burr and Hamilton to win over this jury. To turn it all around from the crowds yelling, crucify him. It
1: doesn't seem fair. Like, they... They weren't set up for success. No one's arrested. They went second. Like, Yeah. It just doesn't seem fair.
0: But they're hotshot lawyers. Okay, so it shouldn't matter. We'll see. So it's great that we have this transcript. But one really unfortunate thing about it is that the clerk didn't note who said what when it came to the defense lawyers. Oh,
1: no. So we don't know for
0: sure which statements were made by Hamilton or which were made by Burr. I'm
1: sure we could figure it out with how long-winded Hamilton can be.
0: Burr could too. They they both were talkers. And I'm just assuming that this Brockles guy like couldn't get a word in edgewise, but I don't know. <laughs> All right. So now it's the defense's turn and Burr opens up the defense. We're pretty sure this is Burr anyway, um, but the cockiness could be him or Hamilton. <laughs> but he opens up by saying, the patience with which you have listened to this lengthy and tedious detail of testimony is honorable to your characters. So he flatters the, the jury. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Did that
1: work back then? <laughs> I think it
0: it would probably still work today. I don't know. Really? Um, he flatters them and then he appeals to their manhood. Oh. Telling them that it requires some fortitude to withstand the peer pressure to convict Levi Weeks. So Burr was a lieutenant colonel in the Revolutionary War, Hamilton was a general. These are military leaders and master politicians telling these men on the jury what it takes to be a man. Mm. So that's going to have some kind of impact, some clout. Yeah. So, Hamelberger goes on. He says, The thousand tongues of rumor have been steadily employed in the fabrication and dissemination of falsehoods, and every method has been taken to render their slanders universal. We have witnessed the extraordinary means which have been adopted to inflame the public passions and to direct the fury of popular resentment against the prisoner.
1: Okay, so, wow. Honestly, like, it is so verbose. I just feel like they probably were like, let's just wrap this up.
0: <laughs> Maybe. But then he goes on. And this oh, is right in line. There's with, more,
1: more words.
0: Yes. And this is, this is right in line with what you were saying about kind of displaying the body. Ugh. He says, why has the body been exposed for days in the public streets yeah. in a manner the most indecent and shocking? Yeah. And he answers a question. To attract the curiosity and arouse the feelings of numberless spectators.
1: So to be a spectacle.
0: Yeah. Such dreadful scenes speak powerfully to the passions. They petrify the mind with horror, congeal the blood within our veins, and excite the human bosom with irresistible but undefinable emotions.
1: This might be why I like true crime.
0: Yeah. (laughs) When such emotions are once created, they are not easily subdued. Yes. So he's saying they they used this body, they manipulated the emotions of these people to whip them into a frenzy yeah. against Levi Weeks.
1: Yeah, definitely. To become a spectacle. Yeah, and to, to raise mania.
0: Yeah. And then Burr offers to go beyond the threshold just of reasonable doubt. He promises to prove that Levi is innocent.
1: Wow, that's confident. That's confidence right there.
0: And I think they responded to that confidence. I don't know. Yeah. But the defense doesn't need a whole lot of fancy words because their main tactic throughout the trial, um, it was simple but brilliant, it's basically to ask each witness,
1: really? (laughs) And the witnesses
0: fall apart.
1: That's a great plan.
0: Yeah. The person who saw Levi measuring the depth of the well, when they asked him, hey, what was the man you saw wearing? The witness confidently answered that Levi was wearing a red coat and Levi did not own a red coat. (laughs) Okay. Also, it was pretty far away and well, dark. Well, could he have
1: gotten rid of the red coat?
0: You th- think he bought a red coat just to go measure a well? No, he not And had then he got it. rid of the red coat. He
1: had the red coat, measured the well and the red Nobody
0: coat. ahead of time had and ever seen this red got coat. Rid of the Like red a secret coats. red coat. Yeah. Plus, it was kind of dark outside. It was far away. This would not pass the My Cousin Vinny test.
1: <laughs> the deer put its little deer lips on the water and bang! <laughs>
0: That's your Mar- Marissa Tomei. I yeah. like it. Yeah.
1: you do Um, if i knew the word if i could remember the words to my cousin i don't think think that would help i think it would have helped the little (laughs) deal
0: that is a valley girl doing jersey
1: i think yeah something happened
0: at the end there but i liked it
1: thanks
0: (laughs) (laughs) um so as for the sleigh and this poor old woman who said that she saw ezra weeks's sleigh leave that night with no bells on then come back not long after When the defense, either Hamilton or Burke, cross-examined her, it didn't go well. They asked her whether this had happened before Christmas or after, and she said after, in January. They're like, are you sure? and she said she was sure so sad yeah because elma had gone missing in december before christmas
1: early december or mid-december yeah
0: apparently this witness was not prepared to answer questions like when
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's really sad yeah so they weren't really preparing witnesses then i guess
0: apparently not but i mean caddy had his hands full yeah you know he couldn't prepare every witness yeah What I learned reading about this case is that I don't trust anyone. Mm -hmm. No one can be trusted here. Not even Elma's family, the Rings. Really? Yeah. Why would they lie, you ask? Why? Well, because according to one witness who lived next door on the other side of this thin wood wall separating the homes, while Mrs. Ring was away during a big yellow fever outbreak that was happening a few months before the murder, Mr. Ring was, according to this neighbor, sleeping with Elma.
1: Wait a minute yeah his daughter
0: no his like niece-in-law or something oh okay. or, or second cousin still, or cousin-in-law or something yeah
1: still gross
0: oh yeah not good um <laughs> this guy said that his bed was just on the other side of the partition from where elma slept and he heard her bed shaking along with a woman's voice and a man's voice who he knew couldn't be levi because it was too high to be levi's voice
1: oh it was too high to be levi's yeah
0: voice. yeah i see yeah okay so when they asked this guy, how many times did you hear the bed shaking? Uh, how many times did this happen? He said, um from 8 to 14 times.
1: 8 to 14 yeah. times.
0: <laughs> a fairly specific range.
1: That's like a that's a rather large range. <laughs> it is
0: it is not a normal answer.
1: Well, a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I maybe 8. It
1: might have been more than 10.
0: Yeah, not it might not. Have not <laughs> 7 and 15 seems high 15 seems high (laughs) Yeah, 14 Uh, that seems about right but it could have been eight (laughs) it could have it could have just been eight because it was definitely it was more than seven (laughs) yeah and it was a high voice real high High
1: (laughs) but i picture him as an older man he was i don't know why his voice was so high but you know i don't know can't there's no science to that either
0: (laughs) no so who's telling the truth
1: I don't know. So he may have been sleeping with her.
0: According to this one witness.
1: Maybe she had some gentleman caller who she was sleeping with. Why does it have to be? Like he didn't see or hear the other dude.
0: No, but apparently um, Mr. Ring was the only man at the house during these times. But according to this witness. someone could have come over. Maybe.
1: With no bells.
0: <laughs> no bells. How are you going to know if they're there with no bells? So I do know that one guy who played a huge role in the prosecution's case is maybe not that trustworthy. The prosecution, they had to establish a relationship between Levi and Elma, and the naughtier the better for making Levi look like a real creep. Mm -hmm. Most of this argument hinges on the testimony of one witness, another boarder named Richard David Croucher. Now this Croucher guy, he's a salesman. He's just come from England earlier that year And there's something off about him. For one, he's ugly. Okay. Everybody agrees that he's ugly. And I don't like to tear down people for their looks, except John C. Calhoun, because he's where everything good goes to die. (laughs) But Croucher was so ugly that both the defense and the prosecution had to make a note of it. He was described as having yellow skin, a large Mm -hmm. nose, ill-looking large eyes. Ew. But let's stick to the facts, or his testimony anyway. I can't call anything he said facts because
1: yeah, I don't everyone, trust anyone. Everyone was
0: lying. Croucher said that he saw Levi go into Elma's room one night in just a shirt. I don't know what that means in 1800. Like if it's some sort of night shirt. Like a or night like, shirt. Maybe like Eugene Levy in Schitt's Creek.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Then Croucher says, oh yeah, and if I left my door open a little bit and I laid back in my bed in a certain way, I could watch them getting it on. Oh. Or as he put it, once when they were less cautious than usual, I saw them in a very intimate situation.
1: That's also very vague.
0: It is vague, but um, the creepy part is that he said he had to have his door open and be laying on his bed in a certain position, which he did uh, intentionally.
1: That's really... I'm getting sick again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he's telling all this to the prosecution, but the defense, Hamilton or Burr, I'm not sure... They ask him if he might have had some kind of grudge against Levi. Like, was there any bad blood between you? And Croucher says, oh, yeah, one time I was running up the stairs and I almost ran into Alma and she screamed and fainted. (laughs) So remember, this guy's like super ugly. So the sight of that running up the stairs (laughs) at you.
1: Screamed and fainted. Yes. Uh
0: Then he says that Levi heard her scream and he came out and he got mad at Croucher and Croucher called him an impertinent puppy. Uh, Which is like dueling words
1: uh-huh. if
0: Croucher was worth dueling.
1: Yeah, calling someone a puppy.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I remember from another episode you saying how insulting that was. Puppy's
0: like the worst.
1: It's the worst thing you could call somebody. Yeah back then
0: Well, a man of honor. yeah a
1: man of honor, a puppy.
0: Yeah. Now if Levi and Elma were sneaking around, it makes sense that he would be coming to her room since he shared his room with an apprentice. Okay. That apprentice was called to the stand. And he said that he remembers one night when Levi got up and checked to make sure that the apprentice was asleep, which he pretended to be. (laughs) And then Levi went downstairs in a shirt and didn't come back up until the morning. Wow. So, I don't know.
1: He's going someplace. Yeah. Without bells.
0: Yeah, no bells. He's
1: stealthily moving around the house. Stealth mode. Maybe he had insomnia. Oh, but we know he was getting it on from the looky-loo.
0: Yeah, if you believe Croucher.
1: If you believe Croucher. Yeah.
0: He also seems to have been the real source of the public outcry against Levi. Wow. It comes out that before the trial, Croucher was going around town, walking into businesses and saying, hey, did you hear they found proof that Levi Weeks killed that girl? Oh, they sure did. They'll be arresting him anytime now for sure. And then he would leave without buying anything.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't understand. Yes. Why was he so against him?
0: Was it the puppy thing on the stairs? Maybe. Maybe. This led to a famous moment during the trial that kind of got turned into a legend for both Burr and Hamilton, mm-hmm. depending on who's telling it. So in reality, one of the, the grocers in the town testified that Croucher came into a store bad-mouthing Levi. And one of the defense attorneys, either Hamilton or Burr, moved through this dim courtroom and held up a candelabra to Croucher's scary face, making it even scarier with shadows, and said, "Is this the man?" And uh-huh. the witness said, "Yes." <laughs> and in the myth, Hamilton or Burr like lights up his face, and and it's clear to everyone that that's the killer, and the trial is basically over. Oh my that's not quite what happened. No. So the defense does try to cast reasonable doubt on Levi Weeks by suggesting that Croucher might be the real killer. They ask, "Where was he on the night that Alma disappeared?" His alibi was that he was at a friend's son's birthday party.
1: (laughs) Friend's son's
0: birthday party. But the thing is, the boy's mother couldn't say when that birthday party was.
1: (laughs) She didn't remember when she threw her son's birthday party.
0: This is why it's important to have a diary Mm -hmm. for alibis. This is why no one's ever accused John Quincy Adams of murder. Because every single day in his diary, he said who he was with, what he discussed with them, oh. and whether or not he murdered them. <laughs> every single day, didn't murder wow. them.
1: How did he find the time to update his diary to um, such an extent?
0: I think he ignored his family.
1: Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's how you do it, huh? Yeah. Okay. That explains some things. Goals. <laughs> uh, goals. <laughs>
0: um, so at this point, it's day two. It's getting late caddy again. caddy cadwallet or golden caddy just wants to go to bed he yeah. says hey judge fuck i've been uh, up <laughs> for 44 hours and he said he's begging please let's adjourn let's continue tomorrow but the judge and the jury say screw you caddy we're gonna keep going because there's no way we're sleeping in that picture room again
1: yeah they don't want to camp out again Mm-mm. i mean no one's rested no and why weren't they allowed to go were they afraid the news and the the swarms of people would yeah or maybe they just like them. leave town right <laughs> like, like get the i'm hell out. out of here yeah, yeah without my this bells, trial. i'm gonna go yeah
0: but then hamilton chimes in and says hey you know what it's late um you know what we don't even need to do a closing argument over here the defense our case is so strong that we don't need to sum it up wow let's just get out of here guys this had to be a huge relief to the jury um and a risk For them, I would imagine. Yeah, but it had to endear them to the jury a bit because it's like saying, let's wrap this up.
1: You guys know what to do. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) The
0: judge basically says, "Okay, it's over, folks. And then the judge basically gives the defense's closing argument himself.
1: Wow. Because
0: he tells the jury how weak the prosecution's case is point by point. He all but tells the jury to vote not guilty. Wow. The jury deliberates for five minutes oh my God. five minutes in the middle of the night and the verdict comes back not guilty not guilty wow it's over levi is free i mean the townspeople still kind of want to hang him and he has to leave town oh wow But he's free mm-hmm. everyone in the courtroom shakes hands there's a story and it's probably just a story that right after the trial Catherine ring elma's quaker cousin went up to Alexander Hamilton and put a curse on him, saying, if thee dies a natural death, I shall think there is no justice in heaven.
1: Oh, wow.
0: This story comes from a granddaughter of hers uh, who wrote a book about the murder years later. So even if it's not true, it's nice to think that this grieving grandma took credit for Hamilton's death in a duel like four years later.
1: Wow, four years later. Yeah. Yeah. By Burr. Yeah. Who was his teammate on this. Yes. So screwed up.
0: And that brings us to act three. Okay. The real killer.
1: Do we know who really killed her?
0: We don't know shit.
1: Okay. And I don't
0: trust anyone.
1: So what's the real just, killer? Why just, are you naming it that We're just then?
0: spitting in the wind. Because it's the hunt for the real killer. Okay. And maybe we have some good ideas.
1: Okay. You got me hopeful, though, thinking that you were going to tell me who really did this.
0: It's important to have hope.
1: Okay. I have hope, but I'm wondering if maybe it's false. (laughs) It might be false hope. I think that's what it is.
0: So the question is, if Levi didn't do it, who did? Well, I don't know. There's Croucher.
1: Croucher, the scary yellow man?
0: Yes. The author of the book I mentioned, uh, Duel with the Devil, Paul Mm -hmm. Collins, He thinks that Croucher is the most likely suspect.
1: Really? And he even
0: found out more about Croucher's violent background. Oh. So Croucher is a good suspect because, I mean, he's a terrible person.
1: And why didn't he like Alma? Because she was scared of him that one night? Maybe. Well, what's his motive? Oh, for watching her get intimate with other people?
0: Maybe. Maybe. He's jealous? Yeah, he is an awful person. Power over her? He had a a violent background in England before he even came to the US, but his crimes get even darker, I'm afraid.
1: You mean darker than killing a woman with a well? Yes. well, how does it get darker than that?
0: So earlier in the same month of the trial, Croucher had gotten married. (gasps) It didn't take long for his wife to go to the police to report that he had beaten her. Mm Mm-hmm. She said that they were fighting about her adopted daughter, Mm -hmm. 13-year-old Margaret Clark. Mm. Because, she said, two months earlier, Croucher had raped the girl.
1: Oh, God.
0: The police spoke to Margaret, and she told them what happened, and it's awful. Mm. Um, Without getting into too much detail, Croucher was a door-to-door salesman, and he visited Margaret's house fairly often. He'd taken a liking to her mother. Mm. One day, he convinced the mother that he needed Margaret's help cleaning some things at his place. He lured her there to the Rings boarding house for work, locked her in his room, forced himself on her, and threatened to kill her if she said anything.
1: Oh, God.
0: And then a couple of weeks later, he married her mother and moved in with them.
1: Oh, God.
0: Yeah. So when Margaret told the police what happened, Croucher was arrested and he was put on trial. Mm. Again, Ken Waller, Caddy, mm-hmm. he was the prosecutor. And Croucher had a familiar defense attorney. No, not not Hamilton or Burr, but Brooke Livingston. He was the other uh, defense attorney for Levi Weeks. Oh, okay. Defending this guy would not have helped Hamilton or Burr's legacies. So it's really mm-hmm. good that they didn't. Like, there would be no musical if they defended oh, Croucher oh, like this guy did. Wow. Yeah, the defense's argument was that it was consensual.
1: Oh God!
0: Because back then, as they pointed out. You only had to be 10 years old to consent to sex.
1: Oh, my God. That this is really sickening. I know.
0: That argument, it seems like a horrible relic from the past. But some of the other arguments that they use seem like more modern victim blaming that we're used to. Like, why didn't she come forward sooner? Why didn't she fight harder? Uh-huh. Why didn't she scream? Oh. Uh-huh. She says she didn't fight or scream or anything like that because she was
1: terrified. And
0: because he threatened to kill her. Yeah. And she uh. couldn't escape him. He was constantly around as her stepfather, oh, like God. beating her and raping her. And she had good reason to take these threats extra seriously because of the details of Elma Sand's murder, which he came home and told her about every day because he was at the trial and or because he was the one who killed her. So he made it super clear that death threats against young women were very much a reality.
1: Uh, He was coming home and telling this to his 14-year-old... 13-year-old... 13-year-old stepdaughter. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I mean, it was the talk of the town anyway, but he had been at the trial hearing all the details. Mm. Yeah. So for some reason, Croucher didn't invoke his Fifth Amendment rights not to incriminate himself. He chose to testify. And his testimony is gross. Gross. He admitted to sleeping with his 13-year-old stepdaughter, but he says he did it to prove to her mother that she was a prostitute.
1: Oh, my God. And
0: he said the only reason her mother even found out about it was that he told her. This is so gross. So the jury saw it as like a he said, she said, who do you believe?
1: And that was probably totally accepted then.
0: They deliberated for four minutes. Oh, my God. And they found Croucher guilty.
1: Okay. Well, at least it went the right way there.
0: He was sentenced to life in prison with hard labor. Oh, good. So he was put away where he could never hurt anybody again. Except this is New York in 1800, and nothing makes sense. Oh. And for some reason, Governor DeWitt Clinton pardoned Croucher just a few years into his sentence. Oh,
1: my God. What is wrong? The story is worse and worse and yeah. worse. Yeah.
0: So he's pardoned on the condition that he leave the country. He didn't leave the country. Oh. He went to Virginia where he stole some money, and, and then, then he seems to have fled to England where the story goes that he was executed for some heinous crime. Although I don't believe anyone's found like actual evidence of that. Okay. Yeah. So.
1: Oh, wow. So he's the most likely suspect.
0: I mean, yeah. And it
1: sounds like there was some kind of sexual assault involved with her dress being ripped above the waist. And It's
0: very possible. And there's so many scenarios where if he were the killer, it could be, maybe he lusted after her maybe he was also jealous of levi if levi and her were together
1: maybe he tried to make a move on her and she didn't want to yeah i mean yeah he was fighting back you know
0: yeah so as far as the suspects in the murder of elma sands you've got richard croucher who was Mm -hmm. a disgusting predator who definitely seems capable of it Mm -hmm. and it seems like she hated him yeah you've got levi weeks whose motive is not super clear yeah. He didn't want to get married. It's, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It seems like overkill. He
1: thought she was pregnant. But <sighs> that's knows? also weird because they're, you know, they would have gotten married and then who cares? If
0: maybe he didn't want to get married.
1: Maybe not.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Then you've got Mr. Ring who may or may not have been sleeping with Elmo when there's his wife was out of town.
1: Really no witness of that. Though. No.
0: And, you know, if you believe the neighbor who heard the bed thumping of a high voiced man.
1: <laughs> but there's no Proof of it being him,
0: right? And then there's Levi's apprentice, who knows what his story was. <sighs> all right, this guy's already got one strike against him in my book. Why? Because his name is William Anderson, and oh. that's way too common, and it makes searching for details impossible.
1: Oh gosh, you prefer a Cadwell, Cad- Cadwell
0: or Calden? Give me yes. a Levi Weeks and Ezra Weeks. Yeah, all day <laughs> mm-hmm. long I can take them.
1: Yeah, but not a William. William
0: Anderson, like William Anderson. screw it. <laughs>
1: it's like it's like Joe Schmo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jane Doe I
0: would take Joe Schmo in a heartbeat <laughs> over William Anderson um, but this guy he was pretending to be asleep or he was lying about pretending to be asleep and just making up a story that Levi got up either way I don't trust him
1: have you ever pretended to be asleep
0: when I was a little
1: kid I- <laughs>
0: you know yeah. yeah. yeah I don't often do that anymore or when you need something uh- <laughs> <laughs> I see how it is and then there's this so get this, okay. A few weeks before Elma went missing, Uh-oh. another woman was found murdered, a woman named Rose Malone. Her body was discovered inside of a well or a cistern half a mile from Elma's home. What's a cistern? And less than a mile from where her body was found. What's a cistern, you ask? A cistern can easily be mistaken for a well, because it can also just be a hole in the ground. But a cistern technically is waterproof and it's made for holding like rainwater.
1: Oh, uh, is that what we saw in
0: Istanbul? Istanbul. Yeah, the uh, it was a Basilica huge cistern. cistern. Oh my gosh, that yeah. was my
1: favorite.
0: It was gorgeous. This thing in New York probably just looked like a well. Okay.
1: <laughs> no faces carved into the pillars. <laughs> no, there was no,
0: no, no Medusa No upside down m- Medusas. <laughs> no. So everyone thought that that woman's like, new husband was the killer. And maybe he was. Maybe this case possibly inspired whoever killed Elma to also put her body in a well uh, because apparently it's a terrible hiding spot. I don't know. (laughs) Or maybe there was a serial killer in New York City in 1799 Mm -hmm. who murdered women and dumped their bodies in wells.
1: When did Jack the Ripper live?
0: Um, 1888, I think.
1: Quite a bit later.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, And maybe, maybe that killer was Richard Croucher.
1: Hmm. Well, it sounds like Croucher has a pattern.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that who you think did it?
1: Well, maybe it was Croucher who like wrote her a note or something and let her out there. Oh,
0: you think he he pretended to be Levi? Maybe. Whoa.
1: And let her out there.
0: That is some sick stuff.
1: Yeah, because I don't think she would willingly go anywhere with him.
0: With Croucher? Right. Probably not. So
1: maybe she thought she was meeting Levi and it was him.
0: Mm. Wow. Wow. So all that we know for sure is that Elma Sands never got justice.
1: Oh, mm, bummer.
0: Some say that that led to her ghost haunting that well for ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, an 1895 magazine said, young men and maidens who pass the spot late at night testify they can hear her scream as she vainly implores her lover for her life. Wow. Yeah. The site became a restaurant in, in the <laughs> 1980s. The, in the 80s? 1980s? Yeah, 1980s. It was the Manhattan Bistro, and people reported strange things in the basement, silverware and dishware moving by themselves. Wow. Now it is a clothing store called Cause uh, C-O-S. Uh, it's part of H&M. Uh. And the excavated well is just sitting there in the basement.
1: Are you about to show me a picture?
0: I'm about, I'm about to show you a picture of the well. Hold on.
1: Oh, wow. It's very tall.
0: That all used to be underground. Okay. Yeah, this was dug up. um,
1: Oh, so this was...
0: This is in a basement now of a clothing store.
1: Right, I see.
0: Yeah, and you can just go there shopping and see this well that's not marked or anything.
1: I mean, do the people who are there know this story?
0: Some people might. On Google Maps, I think you can see a, a listing for the Elma Sands Well.
1: Wow. Okay. So it's not a secret. No, it's
0: not a secret. (laughs) Next week, we are going to dig into the history of that well. What? And the history behind the Manhattan Company. Oh, cool. Which involves Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton in a deceitful scheming battle that's even more exciting to me than the one which ended Hamilton's life. Wow. So I want to thank our wonderful patrons. I want to give a shout out to some of our newer ones, especially <gasps> Courtney. Thank you. Christopher, Courtney. Christopher. Jim, Nikki. Do we have a lot of new Elizabeth, ones. Elizabeth. Matthew.
1: I love having new patrons. I can't wait to do some Zooms and yeah. some special stuff. And Absolutely. Yeah, that's going to be really fun. Yes,
0: thank you. You keep us going. We appreciate it so much. Yeah. Another thing y'all should check out y'all y'all history camp America it's a very cool online history conference with a bunch of great sessions all in one day I gave a talk there last year called saving John Quincy Adams from alligators and mole people (laughs) Um, and I really enjoyed all the other talks that I saw that day we are going to be there this year doing a short presentation on the pod um, sort of a mini sode It is November 5th. You can check out historycamp.org slash America and use the promo code plotting22 for $5 off.
1: Nice. We will see you there.
0: Yes. So if you like what you heard, spread the word. Spread it. And happy Halloween. Oh, it's the best. And vote. And thank you for plotting along with us. Yes,
1: absolutely. Vote and applaud. Bye. Bye. Come on down. Bring your muffles.